0: Welcome to the Wine It Up A Notch podcast, a podcast where I discuss wine, life, and everything in between. Welcome to episode nine of this podcast. I'm your host, Anshu, and I'm really looking forward to spending the next 10 to 15 minutes with you. Thank you for joining me. I have to pause and say, episode nine, this is really great. I'm so excited to be spending this time with you and to have gotten to episode nine. If you've listened to the earlier episodes, I'm repeating myself, you've heard me say it multiple times, that... Putting a podcast together and doing this is a dream for me, um, and I'm just so excited. I'm, you know, trying to commit myself to doing this on a regular basis, and so far it's a little hit and miss. Some weeks, or I should say, the first week, were better was better than where I'm at right now. Uh, I skipped a couple days again, but I'm back at it. So here I am, and excited to get into it with you. So today I wanted to talk a little bit just about you know memories and how those can really help you get through a day sometimes so it is the cold gray period in Toronto here we're in the middle of January and we've had a long run of dark gray days that's unpleasant in fact the weather is not uh, in the last couple days hasn't been as cold as um, it could be in January which is a blessing and there aren't you know huge amounts of snow on the ground but to counterbalance that I guess the skies have been really gray and dull and so Uh, It's hard not to wish you were somewhere else. I'm looking out my window as I say that. Uh, Day after day, grey days do certainly start to get to you. And I can't help but think, isn't this supposed to be, I don't know, London weather? Why are we having this in Toronto? I feel like when I was younger, um, and not even that many years ago, the days tended to be short and cold, but bright and sunny. That's kind of my recollection of how the winter used to go. Um, and these days, it just feels like it's a lot more gray and dull and colder too, and damper, and and so quite reminiscent of London. Anyways, um, to ado a little bit of personal escapism, I've certainly been thinking about uh, vacations. And again, if you've listened to recent podcast episodes, you'll know that not too long ago I was on vacation. Um, but I've been blessed to be able to travel around the world, all around the world. And so it's not just my most recent vacation that I'm daydreaming about, but also going, you know, to places like Mexico or even back to Europe, London, Paris, Italy. Uh, Even if it were cold and gray, anything seems good uh, as an escape mechanism. And I've been surfing my phone for uh, temperatures in other places. And you know what? Florida looks really good right now, too. I saw that in uh, Fort Lauderdale, it's sort of 24 degrees and sunny all the time. Um, So, how does this relate to wine? So, you know, I was thinking about one of my favorite vacation destinations. And as I mentioned, I've been blessed to be able to go to a lot of different places in my life. But one of my favorites was a recent trip that we took to Italy. Five summers ago, as a family, we decided to spend a few weeks in Italy. And we didn't go through the entire country. We focused actually on Tuscany. And I have to say it was absolutely magical. And for anybody who has a young family who's looking for a vacation destination, it's one that I would absolutely highly recommend. We ended up uh, renting a Tuscan villa in the countryside. And we spent an idyllic, you know, two weeks traveling through Tuscany, hanging out in wine bars and small quaint restaurants, visiting wineries, going to see the sights. We did also spend some time in Florence, um, and overall, it was just a wonderful vacation. and had other things not interrupted our plans, we would have made a habit of going back to Italy in the summer whenever we could. um and maybe that'll resume once we get through our current circumstances in terms of the pandemic. But you know our time in Tuscany really gave me an appreciation for uh wine from the Tuscan region, and so I want to just talk about that a little bit today. Tuscany is a very, very uh, prominent place in the wine, world wine map. It's an area of the world where lots of really great wine comes from and is well known. And today I wanted to focus on the Chianti region and just give you a little bit of an overview of what Chianti is. Chianti is a very, very large appellation. It is a a very resourceful appellation and there's a lot of wine that comes from the Chianti region. And again I'm going to keep this really simple because I hope that this podcast is something that will benefit true beginners to wine. So when it comes to Chianti there's a couple of things that are worth noting. As I mentioned it's a very large appellation. The wines that are labeled as Chianti and coming from that region are generally predominantly based on the Sangiovese grape and the Sangiovese grape is indigenous or considered to be indigenous to the Tuscan region now, that's not to say they're 100% Sangiovese. They're small amounts that are permitted to be mixed in with the Sangiovese grape, but they're predominantly based on Sangiovese. Within Chianti, there are several smaller appellations that can be named uh, on a bottle. So they are their own sub-appellations, if you will. And perhaps the most important of those to know is Chianti Classico. So if you enjoy wine, you've probably had a Chianti Classico at some point in time. And I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about what Chianti Classico is. Chianti Classico, or anytime you see Classico, generally speaking, on Italian wine, the Classico part refers to the historic center of an area where wine is being produced. So wines that are labeled as Chianti Classico are made in the historic center of the Chianti region now it's still quite a large area but it's the area that's deemed to be where the Chianti wine was originally made it is now spread out and there are other places where Chianti is made but because you have that historical reference and the historical center the argument is made that wines coming from the Chianti Classico region are more robust and more uh, true to what Chianti can be. I, in my personal experience, have had Chiantis that are not from the Chianti Classico region that are phenomenal. There are six or seven other regions, um, as i mentioned, they're named sub and they all have a slightly different character because the soils and the terroir are slightly different in each one, and some of them are fabulous, and I would say just as good as Chianti Classico, if not better, sometimes it comes down to personal preference. But i can agree that those wines that come from the chianti classico region do tend to be a little bit more robust and complex than generic chianti i also want to point out that chianti classico comes with a really interesting emblem so if you've ever had a bottle of chianti classico maybe you've already noticed this if not it's great to go and and check this out all chianti classico has a black rooster on the label um, and it's really cute. It's actually a little black rooster on a white background, and only those people that are making wine in the Chianti Classico region can put that on their bottle. It's supposed to be a universal emblem of quality, and the story behind it is quite uh, interesting. It, it's sort of a historical reference to a story that there were uh, two feuding lords, and um, they were trying to decide who would get the land, and they were racing to the land and the rooster was involved um, and one's rooster cried out a little too early and so he ended up getting to the land first and got his claim on the land and so that's how the Chianti Classico rooster uh, became the emblem of the region. So let's talk a little bit about what Chianti wine pairs really nicely with. Chianti as I mentioned is based on the Sangiovese grape which is a high acid grape. Sometimes other grapes may be melded in However, the character of a Sangiovese-based wine is usually that it's bright, it's fruit-forward with some good cherry and red fruit notes, and there's a high level of acidity. Tannins may come from aging, but that's the general profile. So these wines tend to do really well with lighter fare. They're good pairings for chicken, for lighter meat, for pizza, for pasta, anything tomato-based often can go really well with the Sangiovese wine so there you go that's a little bit about Chianti wine hopefully that gives you a a small introduction I do plan to come back and do more around Chianti but for now I wish you lots of peace love light cheers Thank you for listening to the wind it up a notch podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast thus far. Be sure to hit subscribe to be notified of future episodes or leave a review to let me know what you think. Take care.